In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Words and language are really an amazing thing when you stop and think about it. You did not learn on your own how to speak. Your parents taught you. Your teachers taught you. You heard what they said, even as an infant, and you learned what to say back to them. It took time. It took patience. It might have taken more time and more patience with your parents. And it took time and patience to sound out those words. Words to ask. Words how to properly address adults. Words to live by in a community as an adult. And as you got older, your parents still taught you words. And you might have used those words to ask for something, but you didn't get an answer. Maybe you got the wrong answer. And with those words came frustration, anger, confusion. And with that, you might respond in silence. And your parents might ask you, what are you thinking? What's wrong? Use your words. Words matter. But less and less as we get older, we aren't speaking as much, especially in our day and age of emails and texts. You can read an email and think, these people are violently angry with me. You can read a text message and see it all the wrong way. But if you actually take the time to sit down and talk to each other with words that you've learned, you might realize that that is the complete opposite. Try it sometime. It works. The words of prayer matter to God. They matter deeply to Him. Prayer is very, very important to God, and it should be very, very important to you. Prayer isn't simply asking for something, although that's what we typically think of. Lord, give me strength. Lord, get me through this day. Lord, help me figure out how to respond to this email or this, tax, this text. Prayer is really a divine wrestling match. It's a struggle. It's in many ways like your parents not answering you or maybe giving you the answer you weren't expecting. Frustrations occur. In our sins, when you speak to God who hears your prayer, it's your will versus His will. His way versus your way. Your words versus his words. Be careful how you pray. Be careful even what you ask for and remember who you're talking to. But don't let that be a limit or something with fear that you feel like you cannot be heard. There will be disappointments. You've all experienced them. There will be silence. You've all had that occur. 
there will be the opposite answers for what you might be expecting. I don't think the Lord knows what he's doing. Why am I in this mess? Why is it that things seem to keep getting worse? You have before you here today in your Old Testament reading and your Gospel reading two perfect examples of prayer. Jacob and this Canaanite woman enter into prayer with God. Jacob, who is the one who received the blessing of inheritance from the Lord, he is fearful of his brother Esau, and he has a major dust-up with God, a wrestling match all night. It's not just a few minutes. A Gentile woman comes to Jesus. She has no right to come to him, and she has silence. Then she gets insulted. Does God know what he's doing? God calls her a dog? That's offensive. How dare he do that? But don't be offended. Look deeper into this life of prayer you see today. There is persistence. There is suffering. There is questioning. There's those things happening that we don't know what's going on. And it is God engaging you and me, not as some big person in the sky looking down upon us, but one who hears our prayers, yes, and says, let's get it on. It's time to wrestle. It's time to show you my way versus your way, O oh sinner. If you think that you can tell me how things should be, fine. I'll engage you. I'll wrestle with you. I'll pin you down. I'll show you that I am God and you are not. So, great pastor, that's really what I want to get into. Paul says pray without ceasing. Where's the motivation? Remember who you're speaking to, yes, and remember your words that you're using. You have the scriptures. We have copies of them all in your pews. You have probably multiple copies in your home. And in the middle of the Bible is what we call the prayer book of the Bible, the book of Psalms. And we like the Psalms like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and we're frolicking around in green grass and still waters. But there are those Psalms that don't seem so motivational. They seem hard. They seem complicated. They seem like a wrestling match. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble, says Psalm 10? How long, O oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long am I to feel anxious in my soul, with grief in my heart all the day long? How long will your enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O oh Lord my God, unless my eyes 
or enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken, says Psalm 13. That's not on your motivational calendar, I'm sure. But it's there to be your words of prayer. To engage with God. These are the divine inspired word of God written down for you. Yes, to hear. Faith comes by hearing. But also just like your parents placed your words into your mouth to speak back to them. God uses these psalms and the prayers of the scripture to place into your mouth to speak back to God. When your world is going to hell in a handbasket, open up to Psalm 13. Cry out, why do you stand far off? Put that in contrast to when your world is falling apart. And you say, oh Lord, you're just so awesome. You're great. I just ask this. Be careful which words you use. Jacob is in a wrestling match all night. The woman cries out for her daughter three different times, and even the inner circle of Jesus, his 12 disciples, tell him, get her out of here. She's annoying. And yet, they don't give up. Jacob and the woman win. They win the match. Think about that. You can sit here and think about all the wrestling and the silence and the insults and get all flustered about all of this, but they win the match. But it doesn't mean that everything is frolicky and happy. Jacob is injured. His hip is put out of socket. The woman's reputation is exposed. You're a Canaanite dog, lady. You don't deserve an audience with me. And yet in the midst of all of that, they asked. Amidst the dust and the injuries and the silence and the insults, they did not sit there and say, I asked once, I asked twice, I'm just going to turn around and go my own way because he doesn't care. They win. They suffer. But they win. Jacob receives a blessing. And notice what God names him. Israel. That's not chosen people. Israel means they who have wrestled with God. Paul says that you are now the new Israel by the blood of Christ. You are the new wrestlers with God. Yet he receives a blessing. And he asks God, tell me your name. No, I'm not going to do what you're asking what you think you should be asking me. I will bless and I will give you a name. The woman doesn't even ask for herself. That should be the other key to prayer. She asks for her daughter. 
a Canaanite dog Gentile gives us this perfect idea of prayer. She doesn't even ask for herself. She prays for one another. That's why you have your bulletin insert today and every Sunday with the names of all of the families put in alphabetical order for you to pray for. Not because something is going on with these people or those people, but to lay them before the throne room of God. Well, I don't know what they need. It doesn't matter. Pray for them as they pray for you. Why? You are the wrestlers with God. She prays, silence, people being annoyed, insults, and yet she receives healing and forgiveness. But notice how they prayed. They speak back to God what he has first spoken. What he how has somehow first spoken. What does she say of Jesus? Lord, Son of David, the Messiah, the only one who matters. Have mercy on my daughter. She is demon-possessed. Here is your life of prayer. This is not the prayers go up and the blessings come down. This is not you asking for God with whatever you wish and he just zaps it and puts it in front of your lap. This is divine wrestling. It's suffering, it's confusion, it's angst, it's questions. But yet you can say, how long, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? God must place his words into your mouth. Just as your parents told you to say please and thank you. And yet they also said, come to me anytime and I will listen to you and care for you. Expect wrestling when you pray. Expect silence. Expect the unexpected answer. The disciples go to Jesus and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. They see Jesus praying They've heard that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. And here's the thing. You need Jesus to teach you how to pray. If the disciples did this, if the scriptures have done this for us, this is something that you have to be taught daily by your heavenly Father. It's not that he says, well, you're baptized, now you just go your own way, and whatever you think about, just go ahead and say it. No. We need to be taught daily how to pray. We need to be taught daily how to pray and what to pray and for whom to pray for. After all, I mean, we like this. We're teaching the confirmands the Lord's Prayer. Why? Lord, teach us how to pray. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Well, it seems so rote, Pastor. It seems like it's just something that uh, we get bored with it. It doesn't seem meaningful. It doesn't seem like it's something that we earnestly offer up to God. When you ask something, dear daughter, dear son, say please and say thank you. That 
It seems rote. That seems old-fashioned, but those are the words placed into your mouth. Jesus teaches us to pray, even with the Lord's Prayer, because it encompasses everything in your life. And it's not even you trying to muster up the right things to say. I hope he hears me. I hope he likes what I say. No, he says, here's what you say, and when you say it, say it back to me. The Lord's Prayer has been used in the context of the divine service since the early church. It was used in the context of the rite of baptism. It's used in the rite of confirmation. It's used in the Eucharist. That's when we say the Lord's Prayer. Why? Because here on the table is your daily bread that forgives sins, that forgives the sins of others through you, that leads you not into temptation but delivers you from evil. God must put our prayers into our mouths through his word. And yet how often are we using those words to verbally speak back to him? Jesus must teach us how to pray each day. Why? Because he himself prays. Well, he's God. Yes. He doesn't take for granted who he is or who spoke to him and speaks through him. He says in John 12, Now my soul is troubled, it's terrified, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Notice what Jesus says, My soul is terrified. This is the Son of God, your Savior. He experiences this for you. Then he turns around and prays for his disciples. I have given them the words which you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I have come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. He prays for you. He gives you his word. Jesus even goes on further in John 17 with his high priestly prayer as he prays for you. Hear what he says about you. I do not pray for the disciples alone, these alone, but for also those who will believe in me through their word, the word preached, the word taught, that they all may be one as you, Father, in me and I in you, and that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it that the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. You can come and talk to him with your anger, with your frustration, with your crying out, why won't you listen to me? Why won't you take care of what this is bothering me with? Jesus himself even prays, Father, if it is your will, take this cup for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And even as he is bloodied and beaten and dying on the cross, he cries out to God from the prayer book, the Psalms. Maybe these 
should be on your lips as well. My God, my God, why hast hast thou forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my words of growing? Groaning, I cry out by day, O my God, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. We trust by faith in God giving us the right words of prayer. Even when you're overrun by frustration and disappointment and anger and confusion and not knowing what's going on, trust him. Trust him when he gives you even the things that you're not asking for. Trust him, as Jesus even says to you, though, pray that you may not enter into temptation for yourself, what you think you need, what you think is right. Words matter. Prayers matter. It is an exercise in faith. And you may have heard this from me before. I don't like exercise. It's hard. It's painful. It's sometimes suffering. And yet we hear from the New Testament, let us run the race of faith with agony. With agony. Jesus talks about the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18. Go home and read that. She constantly asks this evil judge for justice, and finally, after her pestering and coming to him over and over, he gives her what she's looking for. And that's what Jesus is saying about prayer, over and over, over and over, over and over, over and again. But in all of this, you're reminding God who he is. Not because he forgot, but because he said he is who he would be. Faith clings to all of the answers, all of the no's. The woman admitted that she was not worthy. I'm a dog. Give me what a dog gives. Tell me something that I don't know, God. I like how Luther puts it with this. Luther says that this Canaanite woman caught Jesus in his own words. And he was happy to be caught. Lord, this is who you said I am. I acknowledge it. But even then, as a dog, I deserve the bread. Lord, teach us to pray. He has and he will. And the scriptures are given to you to speak back to him what he has first spoken. You know this well from Paul. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction of righteousness. The prayer of a righteous one is heard. All of this is given that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, which is praying praying for you and praying for others, praying without ceasing, but also knowing that the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf day and night as he speaks back to God what you have heard. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
And yet, in everything as you dare enter into the divine wrestling match that God places before you, speak even what the psalmist says. O Lord, open my lips. Speak through me. The Psalms, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' own words given to you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.